What's Underneath is a CastBox original produced in partnership with Studio 71. CastBox is the fastest growing, highest rated podcast app on both iOS and Android, where you can find all of your favorite podcasts. You can listen to What's Underneath wherever you get your podcasts, but we hope you'll give CastBox a shot and see for yourself. Hello and welcome to What's Underneath, the podcast that will inspire radical self-acceptance through empowering you to embrace what's unrepeatable in you. I'm Lily Mandelbaum, and sitting next to me is my mom, Elisa Goodkind. And we are Style Like You. Style Like You is a video platform and movement for self-acceptance rooted in radically honest docu-style videos that give voice to role models of all ages, races, genders, and body types who stand proudly outside of norms and are comfortable in their skin. In our new podcast, we are going to expand the types of intimate, unfiltered conversations we've been having in our viral video series, The What's Underneath Project. Each week, we will interview diverse nonconformists about their relationship to style, self-image, and identity. Being radically honest without shame and holding that honesty with compassion is self-acceptance. So to get us started on our new journey this week, I'm going to start with Lily as before we ask others to be vulnerable with us, we believe in walking the walk ourselves. Hi, Lils. Hey, Mom. (laughs) Um, We're kind of new at this, but we're pretty excited to be doing it. Um, and I'm just going to, the first question that I wanted to ask you about is what are you most excited about right now in your life? Um, I'm excited about this podcast and I'm excited about a couple other projects that we have in the works at Style Like You, but at the moment I'm really excited about this podcast. Why? Um, I'm excited to have the chance to interview many more people than we have the opportunity to get to for our videos because videos can be super time consuming and uh, costly and and there's just endless, endless, endless inspiring people that we have on our radar to interview. So I'm excited that there's going to be a forum for doing more interviews. Yeah. Excited and nervous too. A little bit nervous too. Why nervous? Um, Because this is such a new format. Um, It's going to be interesting and weird to like be in the conversation because you and I usually cut ourselves out of the interviews that we do online. So there's something a little bit like more high pressure about about having our voices in and and having the full conversation be like revealed. It's a little bit more like you you feel like you have to be a little bit more on or something. Why do you why do you why do you feel you need to be more on? Um. Just because it's going to be out in the world. And I'm, I guess I have some self-consciousness some, that I'm still working through as far as like just not giving a fuck what people think about me. <laughs> tell, tell a little more about that. <laughs> Let's hear. I don't know. I just uh, I think being like totally spontaneous and in the moment and not caring about like sort of having everything be perfect and controlled is sort of something I'm working on in general. Um, I can be a little bit controlling. And like very planned with the way I live my life. So doing something that is a little more like fly by the seat of your pants, like a podcast is, and where I'll be in it is just a little bit out of my comfort zone in, in the good way. And why, why um, do you feel you need to let go of some of that control? Um, I, I feel I need to let go of it because it's totally stifling to be so controlling and it makes me it makes me love life less to be like need to to need to have such a control of i mean it's impossible it makes me it's made me sick to 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 control to try to control the way everything goes in my life and the way people perceive me um 
that's been unhealthy for me. So I'm trying to let go of that. It made you literally physically sick? <laughs> yeah, earlier this year, I got a little bit physically sick from some, some of those tendencies. Yeah. How did that manifest? I, and what was it coming from exactly? Um, it was coming from months and months of of stress and of um, trying to figure out style like use business plan, <laughs> which is really challenging um, and and the and feels really high stakes for me because it's my um, my life's passion and calling and I don't want anything else for my future but to to work on style like you so the the financial and business struggles of style like you are very high stakes for me and feel really and and I spent we spent the last 10 months kind of taking this pause that was from from creating content that was a little bit scary and hard because that's what drives us and that's what's so fun and inspiring and um we took a pause to try to raise money and to try to get kind of get our shit together on that side of the business. And it was, I don't know, it, it's been, it was hard. What made it hard? I mean, what went wrong? I mean, why did you get so stressed out at the end of the day? Why wasn't it as successful as you wanted it to be? Well, I think the straw that broke the camel's back was we had this huge um, potential sponsorship deal that was really going to be game changing for us as far as having the funding to take what's underneath more global and continue taking it to many more countries and it was going to enable us to like have a potential staff that we would need to function at a higher level and um it was pretty exciting and it was you know confirmed for many months and then it completely fell apart at the last minute i mean i don't have confirmation of it but my hunch is that when the brand actually saw the videos that they were sponsoring they i think got a little bit scared by the realness and radicalness of the content itself and i think they didn't realize totally what they were signing on for um i think they thought it would just be like maybe light and about body positivity and and but it you know it tears down a lot of like messed up things in our culture in a way that I don't know if at the end of the day they were willing to walk the walk so that deal fell apart and it kind of messed up my quote-unquote perfect plan for for the year and it kind of that threw me into a bit of a like minor nervous breakdown (laughs) um a couple months ago and what did that what did that look like the nervous breakdown I mean, my heart was like sort of beating irregularly for the last like two months or three months, which was pretty weird. And then my chest was like in this state of like tension um, where it felt like it was tight all all the time. And if I had any stressful thoughts, it just got tighter. And it was I'd never really experienced that. I'd never really experienced like my body actually like fully like rejecting (laughs) like um, stress in that way, like or, or. I don't know, just my body like telling me what I needed to do in such a strong way. Um, yeah, so my, it, and I also was like kind of just like exhausted and depressed and couldn't really get up out of, it was hard to like get up <laughs> out of bed. How did you get yourself out of it? I mean, where, where are you now with it? I took a week, which was really crazy for me because I'm such a workaholic and since our work and, and, and getting us where we need to go is such a priority to me, it's really hard for me to take time off. So I took a week where I like prioritized my 
recovery or I guess like my well-being above my productivity, which was like really different for me. Like in like nine years of doing style like you, I've taken like barely any vacations, which is not healthy and not something I'm proud of. Um, like outside of the, you know, like national holidays. Um, and so I took like a week of like being super boundaried about like not, you know, putting my well-being above my, my, the things I needed to get done. And, and that really, that, that helped after that, that like kickstarted the healing. It didn't make me all better, but it got me like 50% there. So I, I just had really strong boundaries for the first time where, uh, and of putting myself first which is not something that usually comes naturally to me. It comes naturally to me to put like my work first. How would you say it's changed your perspective? Like the, this course of events over the last year and ending in sort of this kind of dark place. It's ended in me wanting to like radically like release my desire for control and for, and for planning and for making perfect, yeah, making perfect plans in my brain that don't necessarily work out and to be more in my like to function from a place more of like everyday joy and from and trying to be a little bit more spontaneous because I think part of the breakdown came from having this like image in my head of, of of a perfectly executed plan and if this plan happened then I can be happy and then I can relax and then I can take care of myself but it kind of like has been a shift in like yeah it sparked a shift in me of being like nothing comes before my well-being and my happiness there's nothing no end goal that I'm like waiting for before that can happen. Like I'm going to do infuse that into my every, every day. Has it affected, uh, your ideas now of what success looks like or, or of how, or in terms of steering style like you? Well, there's a lot of ways it's affected style. Like the, my vision for style like you, a, to just do the projects that I want to do and that I feel passionate about and not that I feel necessarily are like so practical from a business point of view, because that's just never been what's worked for us. We've always like done the best by just doing what feels inspiring to us and letting that ride like guide us versus like having a perfect business plan in place. Um, so on that level, it's like re-inspired me to go back to that kind of more intuitive way of being. And then on the other hand, I would like to start figuring out ways to engage our community more in, in supporting us from a fundraising point of view, as opposed to big brands. Cause that's been, Yeah something a little bit that's been a struggle for us and the most exciting times for us have been when when our community has supported us directly the people that are affected by the videos that we make and are affected by the work can support us so it's made me inspired to start exploring that more how do you feel i feel vulnerable right now talking about all of this but (laughs) i guess that's the point what does it feel like to have spent your 20s and to be 28 with this kind of um responsibility I mean, I don't think I really know what it's like for me totally because it's the only thing I've really known. But like, I, I can't compare it to another experience where I just had like an, a job, a day, like a day job that I could like check in and check out of. But I mean, it's definitely, it's just all, it's all in, encompassing, all consuming. I mean, I don't feel a separation from style like you. I feel like I am style like you and style like you is me. It's just a direct expression of everything about me and how I see the world and how I want the world to be. So there's really no like bound. There's no, I don't really question. I will find a way to make it successful. If you know, like that's that's how I see it. Like because that's like otherwise I'd rather like die. I don't. I don't know. I don't really. It's so that's. I guess that's pretty intense. But I don't. But in and a lot of pressure. But also, I mean, it's 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 a lot of pressure and it's scary. Pretty much twenty four seven because it's it's very insecure and very in, um, 
it's not like by the books in any way trying to make this dream a reality but so but, seeing seeing your other peers going in different directions you know like i don't know socially and i don't know just generally in their lifestyle and you leading such a different existence can you just talk a little bit about what that experience is like i don't even i honestly don't even think i i can like i can identify what it's like because it is just my life you know i don't know I don't know. I, it's yeah, it's really intense. I mean, I but I don't. I can't imagine the life where like I wasn't so passionate about what I was doing, and thus like had to sacrifice for it and all the things that you have to do. Um, but yeah, sometimes I can feel like it's hard to relate to. Some it can feel hard to relate to people that don't have the the pressure of of everything riding on you as far as how to make your future like or this dream and this responsibility to all the people that whose lives it affects like happen. Um, yeah, that can be like sometimes a little bit lonely, but I don't know. I feel like, I think because I have you and I, and because I have Ramona and like people that are as committed to it as me, I, I feel pretty connected. So I don't feel, I think it would be way harder if I didn't have you like to call at any minute when I'm, you know, feeling that. The, the the stress. I have to say that I have kind of a lump in my throat and I feel like I'm going to cry. Why? Because that was really kind of intense and beautiful. Um, so not that you aren't, you didn't talk a lot about how incredibly stressed out you are and having a nervous breakdown, <laughs> a, real, a real one and your first one, which was pretty intense for me to watch. Um, Why was it intense for you? It sent me into one, <laughs> actually. Because it's... Um, extremely, extremely upsetting to see your child in that level of distress and unhappiness and darkness. It's, it's freaky. And I was, it wasn't that I was ever worried because I knew that it, I, I have, I understand because of my own issues and, uh, that, you know, this is part of life. Um, but it's still very painful to experience and to watch. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, and I'm not a very dense, uh, <laughs> filtered person so it's a little bit hard that's for me to an understatement what are you the most stressed out about right now I mean at this exact moment I'm stressed because in the I have a I have a feeling of good type of stress at the moment because I have made this shift internally to just being a little bit more spontaneous and a little bit more like guttural in the decisions I'm making with with my life and with style like you and right now we have a huge shoot next week we're starting this podcast and we have a deadline of this week and I decided to go to this acting class start going to this acting class which is like just for a personal challenge and and liberation and so I'm feeling a little just like good stress about like wow I'm really about to like jump off of many cliffs at once of like kind of creative projects but that's like the that's the type of stress I want to feel that means like that's like fun stress so what you mean is kind of like being more balanced and not clutching and clinging so much is that, is that why? I mean, that, yeah, that, I just don't have as much control acting? on all of these things. Basically, like if it were up to me and my control brain, I would be like, OK, I'll start the podcast this week and then I won't do anything other pro- new project for a month. And I will everything will be perfectly planned mm. and I'll have my Google Docs like in order and like everything will be like, no, there'll be no room for like any errors. But it, it's actually that's wrong. That's the way that got me like not feeling well. So lesson learned. Yeah. Lesson learned. So I'm, I'm more excited to be a little bit more like loose and spontaneous and, and 
joy. Just doing the, all of these projects at once brings me a lot of joy. And I think I don't need to control it as hard. Okay, so why, why, why did you choose acting? Oh, because it's my biggest fear in the planet Earth is to be that out of control and that and like to have people watching me and I could be judged and I have no con- it's a com- the it's very like improvisational and like I'm going to just be making a fool of like the goal is to like make a fool of yourself pretty much so that's like pretty scary for me. And I never yeah, it used to be my biggest fear. I had the biggest stage fright in the world. I wouldn't I never was in like a school play or anything like that. Um but I don't know, I feel like I've come a long way because it's not scaring me as much as it might have like a few years ago. So but it's a good fear. I like to do things that make me feel out of my comfort zone. Okay, Lil. So um, what's inspiring you right now? Um, well, I went to the Lily Allen concert last night, and that was pretty inspiring. Why? Um, it just, like, she totally, like, re-enthused me about, like, the mission of Style Like You and what we do because she's so um, shame-free and just, like, uh like lets her imperfections and messiness of her life journey like really out on the table. Like when she was performing, she was just super honest about how each song is about, you know, this fucked up relationship and her alcoholism and her divorce and how her kids like how she's a bad mom. And it just like it inspired me to remember that, like, you know, that's that's what I admire in others. And and so that's what I you know want to embody more in myself when I can get self-conscious about yeah, sort of pr- projecting a pr- more perfect image. Yeah, and, and it inspired me to just realize that that's the power of what we do is that when, by us interviewing people about their messy journeys and vulnerabilities that that, that inspires others. So, um, And that that is like what self-acceptance should be. It's not about, it's not about um, self-love in this like cheesy way that like you love yourself all the time and everything's perfect all the time. I think self-acceptance is about... Um, embracing like the messiness of life and like and and being honest about the things you're struggling with and that's like that's part of it just being nice to yourself about the things you're struggling with and letting it out and not being ashamed I think shame is a big part of like yeah shame is the opposite of self-acceptance I think and Lily yeah her concert last night was like shame free her album is actually called no shame um which was I thought also cool. Who are you following on social media right now? I don't like this question. No, answer the question. I don't know. I'm trying not to like look at social media too much right now. As much as I can. Because I think it's destructive. It can be really destructive if you don't have like a responsible, healthy relationship with it. And I feel like I can get really, um, it can be easy for me to um, idealize other people's lives and like, yeah, get wrapped up in like, envy or jealousy um as a person that's posting on social media I don't really want to be feeding into the idea that things look or seem perfect but then you also don't I don't always want to have like some have to have some like deep profound thing to say that's not perfect either like it can be hard to strike a balance of just being like natural and free with it with like not feeding into this thing of like look how I'm smiling and happy all the time when that's not usually how life is so I just think it can be there can be a pressure of like figuring out the right voice and what about in your own personal like in 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 your persona versus what's real like can you just talk a little bit about how that journey what's happened on that journey of your social media persona versus what's real I mean I think I try to be really honest on social media with 
with things that I'm going through. But that's actually what becomes like this, the stress is like, if I don't have something profound to say or some like, or some like gem of like wisdom about body image or about like the things that I feel like are kind of on brand for style like you or for, and for our message. Like I sometimes feel a little bit like frozen with what to post. Cause I, cause I feel like I want to put like forth a, something that's inspiring and empowering and like adds to people's lives and isn't just like kind of like, again, like, look at me, like I'm just happy and like flouncing around or something. But, um, but yeah, that, that, I think that's just the challenge is like, sometimes I don't feel like I have something new to add to the conversation or like wise to say. Um, so that can feel like sometimes a little bit stressful. Um, but what's been a good thing about it though for you? It's been amazing for me. I mean, it's been like one of the biggest, like, parts of healing my own like body image um how so issues how so because just getting comfortable being in front of the camera and having my picture taken and like and yeah just getting used to seeing my body after like so many years of wanting to like hide underneath like clothes that like made me look slimmer or made me look um yeah, or just or just being or just hiding behind the camera and interviewing other people about who were confident and comfortable in their skin. It helped me to like force myself to be to like actually be that person and and get used to like the way my body actually looks and yeah, and like it's helped me to just and I and to see myself as beautiful through the lens of you taking pictures of me has helped me to see myself as beautiful. I think and just like yeah, like I think just in general, I used to, when I was younger, like not want to see my rolls, not want to see my cellulite, not want to see these things that I thought were bad or that, that weren't what I wanted my body to look like. And now after I've gotten used to like just confronting those things and looking that staring them straight in the eye. And it's actually helped me to like find them beautiful in addition to other things, like seeing that in other people and finding it beautiful in them, like through our interviews. But been part of the journey is is social media and then obviously like the the relationship with with people like there's been two my body image like acceptance journey has like consisted of both the challenging of myself to look at myself differently through things like social media and taking pictures of myself and and actually confronting the things that I had shame around but I think what enabled me to do that in the first place was being so inspired by the people we were interviewing and how much I found them to be beautiful because they embraced their imperfections, quote, in air quotes, imperfections. Um, That inspired me to want to do that in myself. And then I think social media and taking pictures of myself has been a really helpful, like, next step for me after seeing, you know, seeing so many people of all different body types and ages and genders and and races and everything embrace the things that they had felt like an outsider for. And and I actually found them to be so intoxicating and beautiful as a result of that, the fact that they embraced that about themselves. And as such, it, it, it ignited that desire to feel the same way for myself. Yeah. So like it, 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 it just kind of tore this idea that this kind of frozen perfection on the outside is, is beautiful in any way. Like it's it's sort of toward that. Well, just, yeah, just that you, I mean, I truly believe that one is more beautiful when they are embracing, like they can, that you can actually transform the very thing that you had shame around. If you, if you 
embrace and celebrate it, you can transform it into something that is like the most beautiful part of who you are. And I've seen people do that in our videos, the people that we interview. And that made me want to do that in myself to like, instead of, so the things cellulite and rolls that like once were the thing that made me the most ashamed actually, I think are some like make me the most beautiful now that or can if I like choose to embrace them and which I think I am doing it more and more of every day every year every yeah, as time goes on I know I mean you've even said that you're sort of you don't even hardly have an issue with it anymore which is pretty I must say I'm you're kind of my hero for that but I mean I do have still amazing. some issues like I you know I mean when you photograph me like I obviously like pick the one that I like the best and there's ones that I don't like because they like aren't at the perfect angles or whatever. When you first photographed me five years ago, it was actually before What's Underneath. Do you remember that photo shoot where like I was wearing the black dress and it was like this, this the beginning of I us doing do. this like body image type of photography that was like to challenge myself. And I wrote that article on Style Like You called like Accept My Body, Fix My Body or something. But um, I remember crying so much after that photo shoot because I thought I looked so bad and... I fat in a bad way like when I used to think the word fat was a bad word I cried seeing the ones with the rolls and then I wanted to post the ones where I was wearing like the slimming black dress like I still was trying to pick the photos that made me look the slimmest and last week you took my photo and I literally said to you and someone started laughing when they heard me say this I was like but does that look like I have enough rolls in cellulite like is that the one that'll show my cellulite and rolls the most should we pick a different one or can you take it from an angle that shows that the most and I thought that was like pretty funny that and like a strong like example of where I've come in that department because that doesn't freak me out anymore what does it feel like it feels good I mean I I don't get me wrong like there's still moments like where my little 12 year old self comes out and like it but not like in the I mean it's in the safety of you taking my photograph it's usually like a positive experience and I feel really beautiful and that feels really beautiful and in the context of getting dressed every day I feel it's I, I'm so happy that I, I I love getting dressed now as opposed to when I was a kid and it was like torturous and and shopping because I know what looks good on me and what feels good on me and what expresses who I am like all of that feels good now so it's like a joyful experience because I am yeah just accepting of what's going on but there are still tons of moments where I'll like see the little like 12 year old creeping in like like for example oh this is a good example like I rem- I, this is I I literally felt like my 12 year old self came out of like just in in my mind like like two weeks uh, last weekend right I threw my friend from high school a bachelorette party and we all like we were totally being dorks and like wore matching pajamas like we like ordered on Amazon these like matching pajamas and it was like just a cute little like Literally, literally like a throwback to like a 12 year old slumber party that we were like reenact almost like reenacting but it actually a I felt this like wave of this pang of like shame when I was like can I have like the extra large and when everyone else was putting their order in and they were like small medium large small medium and then I I, I, I had this moment and then I was like no Lily you don't care yeah you're a fucking extra large you're probably an extra extra large like what the fuck who fucking cares so I had a pang of having to like check myself on that like being like should I just say I'm a large but really, I needed the extra large. <laughs> and like, what's the shame? Um, and then that was like a moment in my brain where I was like, oh, Lily, that's your old self. What the hell? And then and then another moment was when we actually got, we're putting the pajamas on and like the extra large was a little bit tight on me. And I felt this moment of like being like embarrassed or like, 
yeah, just feeling like not something part. Was wrong. Something was wrong with me. Like everyone else just like slid into their sleepover pajamas, and mine like look awkward, and I don't feel like good. I don't feel good in them. Um, and that was like a moment of like remembering how I used to feel all the time when I was younger. But I barely ever feel that way now. But it does happen here and there. How hard? How hard is it for you to shake it? Easy. It's pretty easy for me to shake it these days. Used to not be. You, it used to be something that made me feel like the entire world was like caving in on me and for days and for like like I thought that my whole life was ruined if I didn't if I wasn't skinny and if I didn't if if there was an indicator that I would that something was wrong with me physically it would feel like I could life couldn't start until that like got in check but now I'm able to just be like nope that's I can pretty much just like talk myself off the ledge and go that's not real like that's you just buying into that old belief like change your brain about it and like who, who, yeah, let it go. I can just let it go pretty quick now. And because re- and I just like remember all the millions of things that I've learned over the last decade of interviewing all these awesome people. And like, I can just like kind of try to rejigger my brain around the issue. <laughs> and what's like a good moment? What's a moment where you, you feel like you've conquered, you know, where you, you know, you really, you feel very self-accepting and it's just feels really liberating. Is there like a moment you can think of like where this feels so good to like, not give a shit like or the or just where it feels like oh whoa i'm not like that person anymore i'm like really i really have changed like has there been any moment like that every moment every day i don't know i just i feel every day like love getting dressed every morning i i feel like i'm i just feel like i'm fully myself like all the time so along the lines of um getting dressed every day is joyful now as opposed to how it used to be uh can you talk a little bit about style versus fashion for you what are those differences what does that mean um i think that fashion is like the clothing like fashion is like the pieces of clothing that the tools like i i like the analogy of like um fashion being uh being like if you were a painter fashion is like the paints and then style is being the painter and what you're going to do with those paints and how you're making the paints like your own. Um, now, I don't think that's like what fashion, the fashion industry, I think, has like kind of butchered the word, that word fashion, like and made it something that seems scary and bad and like something about being like in or out um, as opposed to just like these blank tools that you can use to like interpret and make them your own. I feel like the industry has made you think that there's like right right or wrong ways of having style and that like fashion is something to be scared of because you could do it wrong and like you could interpret it wrong and um and be and makes you cool or uncool but I think that there's that's bullshit and I think that fashion should just be like this blank canvas of I mean fashion should be like these endless paints that you can use in your body as like your blank canvas of like how you want to embody and like use those paints and and for me um yeah I feel like for me my style is like I don't pay any attention to like what's in fashion at all or what what fashion magazines say I just pretty much like just feel inspired by colors and feel inspired by like they feel like being colorful and being like yeah being colorful like kind of reflects like my kind of like innocent like youthful joyful like essence and I've gotten more and more into just like 
expressing that as I've gotten more comfortable in myself. So have you ever felt the pressure to change your appearance or to conform with clothing? Like, can you talk a little bit about what, what that's been like for you? Like to fit into standards or to norms? Like was, was it ever hard? Yeah, of course. I mean, my whole life it was hard and that's why I started Style Like You is because I didn't want it to be hard anymore. Um, yeah, I mean, starting when I was like in, you know, like coming of age as a young adult in my adolescence, I started to hate myself and think I needed to be a stick figure in order to be cool, to have style, to be quote unquote in fashion. And I thought that I needed to look like the models or like the you know, the wafy ideal of beauty of that moment of the like late nineties, early two thousands. Um, like the Kate Moss, like the height of the Kate Moss era. I thought I needed to look like her and that that was what a girl was supposed to look like in order to be beautiful and to be, have style and that you had to have her style in order to have style. You had to wear skinny jeans and you had to like be this like kind of aloof wafy cool girl. And I never was that <laughs> I was never an aloof, wavy, cool girl, and I never will be. Um, but yeah, so I spent. How would you describe spent, you in comparison to the wavy? A cool dorky, <laughs> dorky um, nerd. I don't know. No, uh, just like a warm and fuzzy, friendly dork. <laughs> um. <laughs> um yeah. So. Yeah. So I spent my whole um, yeah and size ten, wise, like ten what, years. I mean, what were you physically like compared to them? I mean, I was probably at that time even I I was probably yeah. I've always been like kind of hovering in the one hundred and seventy five pound to two hundred pound zone of for and I'm like five foot nine, five foot ten. I don't know. Um, and but I would obsessively spend my whole childhood trying or adolescence trying to lose weight so that I could be as close to looking like them as possible um so that meant like I was monitoring my eating like eating no more than like 600 calories a day and like exercising at 6 a.m before school obsessively and like um and like but the thing is I never was able to even get nearly as close to looking as them as I even wanted because it's just like my body was not gonna do that so what'd your body do my well, yeah, so I I mean the lowest I ever got on the scale was maybe 150, 160 pounds, which I was you know happy about relatively compared to how you know what I, the how much I weigh now, but um, but I would lose my period when I was like 160 pounds, which is obviously showing that like I wasn't even meant to be that, which many girls these days would think that 160 pounds is like an atrocity I'm sure they, a lot of people would still think that's scary to be that big but that was the skinniest I ever got and um I would lose my period so For obviously obviously that how long I, would you lose your period I would lose it until I stopped eating that way and like until being you, that way until you were what weight and like eating what until I was back to like eat not monitor obsessively controlling my diet and eating more than 700 calories or 600 calories a day and not like working out all the time. Um, yeah. So, so what do you, so my body was meant to be, my body is meant to be how it is now, which is like closer to 200 pounds. Can you talk a little bit about what the journey has been getting to the place where you, um, express your style now, you know, freely and, 
Um, like, so what, what's that, what was that journey like? Well, I mean, it all, it all, you know, the, the journey of healing and liberating myself from that like yo-yo cycle was, it began through when we, when we started style like you in 2009 and we started to go interview people in their closets about their style, diverse people, you know, the same type of people we interview now. Um, and I started to realize that like there was a difference between style and fashion and that um, the reason that I was feeling so badly about myself and feeling like I couldn't fit in was because I was buying into the like limited idea that like there is one type of style and that's kind of good or bad or that there's a way to be in or out of fashion and that through us interviewing all these people who marched to the beat of their own drum and and, are, and didn't really buy into the standards of the marketing machine um, and express something like so unique to them in their style. Uh, I just kind of became liberated to the fact that I could even try to figure out what was my style. And that was separate from, you know, the style of like the it girls of that moment. Um, so how did it start to change? Like what? Yeah, I mean, at first, the the first phase I think was like me just becoming like really inspired by like wearing dresses and skirts for the first time and like going to flea markets and like, um, realizing they didn't have to wear these like, you know, things that like clenched my body like the skinny like the skinny jean thing was like the real like torture of my adolescence as far as like clothing goes um as far as just like feeling like something was wrong with me because I could not fit into those fucking skinny jeans and um no matter what you know the biggest size no matter what like I just could not unless I was like borderline starving myself so um so I think it was just liberating for me at first to just realize, oh, I can wear loose things and flowy things and they don't sell this at like whatever, I, wherever I was shopping, like Havana jeans in the Westchester mall where I used to shop. But like, but that I didn't need to buy those things. I could find like more unique individual things at like vintage stores and flea markets and stuff. So I just got like kind of obsessed back then with like, um, with like, yeah, kind of like flowy dresses and like embroidered dresses and skirts and stuff. And that was like the first phase, but then after like a few years of that, I started to realize that in it's in my own way, I was still sort of hiding under those dresses and under those like baggy th- flowy things because I was, it was still like kind of part of like not wanting to show or, or really confront my body. So I think over the last like five years after, like I still am really drawn to those types of things. Like I'm still drawn to like colorful dresses and skirts and, and flowy embroidered things. But I, I've challenged myself to like not only, only wear like baggy things that kind of hide my body and my figure like I've challenged myself to wear tighter things and and like yeah exactly like you know things that might reveal like my the wideness of the of my hips or the cellulite might even like come through a little you may even see a bump like through the skirt but like yeah I've just challenged myself to or or another big thing has been like showing my arms like until like two years ago I never would like wear a tank top because I thought my arms were really gross and like, yeah, too, too big. And so I've just like radically like challenged myself to just like stop doing that because I I started to, there were people that I admired that like had arms my size or bigger that were rocking like tight spaghetti strap dresses. And I was like, if they make that, like, I don't know, like I've been really inspired by like two women that have really influenced me since I have been Paloma Elsesser and Naomi Shimada, who we've interviewed for What's Underneath, and who also I follow on Instagram. Both of whom we've interviewed. Yeah, both of whom we've interviewed for What's Underneath, and who I follow on Instagram, and they like just totally like rock 
you know, they, they just, they're the prime examples of like, they make me want to be my size or bigger or whatever. And like, they make roles in their cellulite or whatever look amazing and like desirable. So because they accept it and own it and, and so they've, they've helped, yeah, they've inspired me to push myself further. Um, so now, yeah, like I'm wearing a fucking tube top right now underneath like this thing I'm wearing, like, you know, I would never have done that a few years ago. Um, what's the biggest risk that you've taken with your style that you can just sort of call out or remember or, I don't know. I think I feel like I'm taking a risk every time I wear just like a, a really form fitting, not black, but something cut like kind of lighter and form fitting. Cause like black makes you, I feel like it's still a little bit hiding, um, so like something like well, anytime I wear like something that has is form fittings like spaghetti strappy. Yeah, I feel like that's like what it makes me kind of squirm a little but like I do it anyways to push myself. I don't know. Can you think of something I've worn that feels like a risk? Oh, that jacket. <laughs> Which jacket? The blue jacket. I mean, oh, that's different. Yeah, that's a that. little bit different. Explain it. I think explain yeah, that jacket. Yeah. Uh, how do you explain it? I don't know how to explain that jacket. This electric blue, like cobalt electric blue, humongous pillow down jacket that you bought that I made you go buy this year because you refused to wear coats in the freezing cold winter. Um, and you're walking around like freezing all the time and I can't stand it. So I tracked down this coat that actually we, we was inspired by Naomi. Shimada, she wore it, and I and I think that's where we found yeah. it, right? And um, girl crush. Anyway, you found it and you wore it, and so what was it like? I mean, it, it, you've never really worn anything that kind of attention grabbing. I don't yeah, think I before. Think, I feel like it's been kind of like a cool marker of like growth in me because I've never I get so many reactions on the street, like good and bad. Like some people are like truly laughing in my face, like being like which I think you experience more often because your outfits are a little bit more attention grabbing and out there. And like, I think you, you know, people like call you a witch and stuff like on the street. And I think, I don't think I've ever stood out that much. Like, and I think that I've maybe been a little bit afraid to, and this jacket, like, yeah, it really does. Like someone would like, I've seen people take pictures of me unwanted on the subway, like, and like laughingly, like text it to their friends or maybe post it on Instagram. I don't know, but I can tell they're doing something and it's not, it's mean spirited. But I also like on the flip side, get a lot of like really joyful reactions, like people being like that made my day kind of thing or running up like a mailman ran up to me and was like, I just need to tell you like that would make me so happy and like to see that colorful like thing and whatever. So I I think it's a kind of a good a cool marker because I think like a few years ago, I probably would have been like really ashamed or, or embarrassed that like I was drawing that kind of attention to myself or that that anyone could be judging me in that in any way like it didn't stop so like it could have, of, I feel like five years ago it would have stopped me from wearing it maybe that like someone laughed at me on the subway but now I'm like fuck you now is it's kind of like opened a door do you want more of that do you want it like do you I mean it definitely like sometimes feels like a violation and I, I feel a little like it's not a great feeling when someone's laughing at you on the subway but at the same time there's something empowering about just kind of giggling back like giggling to myself about that they're laughing at me and like you know realizing that I don't have to change. I actually um. love when people are laughing at me or any kind of reaction at all because I I feel like that's kind of the whole fun of clothing and everything is to create that sort of dialogue and and something that's you know so anyway we'll get into me next time. Mm. 
outside of style like you, what's the biggest risk you've taken in your life? Because we've talked about how, what a huge thing that is for you. That's obviously a big risk, but like, what else? Um, well, I mean, I definitely think the biggest risk I've taken in my life is starting style like you and continuing to do it every day is a risk every single minute of every single day. And I feel like that I live that feeling 24 hours a day, seven days a week of, of feeling like I'm constantly taking and living inside risk. But um, because I have had no other job and have no intention of having another job. And so this better fucking work. <laughs> um, but Could you imagine not living in that risk? I mean, it sounds relieving, but it sounds like it could be a little bit relieving. But at the same time, no. I couldn't imagine losing what comes. I, I mean, the feeling of the risk is can be a little bit stressful sometimes, and it's not always an amazing feeling. It can be like, a, you know, it can make me, it can, yeah, it can cause a lot of stress sometimes. But at the same time, I would never trade it for, like the flip side of it is the passion and the joy and the excitement and the feeling of possibilities and, and the feeling of um, like being, you know, working towards something bigger than myself and something that's about helping other people and helping myself too along the way. And and I can't imagine losing any of that. So I, I, I accept the risk and I accept the the challenges that come with like feel, like living in that manner all the time, which and the sacrifices that come with that. I mean, of course, there are days where I'm like, I just wish I could just like completely like clock out of like these stresses but I can't and what's been your biggest achievement um I think my biggest achievement has been this is so cheesy but I think like the biggest achievement is just like the like the one the moments that I feel like the or like I feel my sense of achievement the moments that I feel the um responses and the effect of the work that we do on other people like I wouldn't say I have feel like it's I wouldn't say it's like in any one like milestone like a book or anything like that it's like it's the moments that I feel like I'm connected to the people who are watching the videos that we make and who are being helped by them that I feel the most proud of myself and the most like um like that's what I'm living for. I'm not living for money and I'm not living for um for like Instagram followers, like for the number. I although it can be hard to remember that sometimes cuz it feels so important to you know, it feel it can be hard to remember that in this culture that I'm not living for money and not living for followers, but but ultimately those are not the things that like make me feel the biggest sense of achievement or the biggest sense of fulfillment. I feel that through connecting with the people who's who are being affected by the work what would you say is the biggest struggle you're going through right now I don't know if I would say I'm going through it right now but I think my biggest like general struggle in life is like um with boundaries and like putting myself first and like being a people pleaser and an accommodator of people and 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 like it's something that I'm working on very actively is like learning how to kind of stand up for myself and put myself first and not put someone else's needs and feelings above my own. Um, so whether that's like as a boss or as a friend or in romantic relationships, though, there hasn't been one of those in a while to exercise this with. Um, um, yeah, just do you want to talk about that at all? Is that a struggle? 
um, having not had a romantic relationship in a while. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a struggle. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely moments where it feels like a struggle, but then there's... I feel more comfortable with it than I have in a while, I think, at this moment. I feel kind of a, a more at peace than I have at other times where I've been more, like, obsessively, like, oh, it's been too long, I need to meet someone. So is the the guy thing, being more comfortable with not being in the relationship right now, it's kind of coinciding with, it seems like, with a lot of other... I think I'm not in a relationship and not really looking for it right now because I'm like healing myself from like having put men's needs above mine repeatedly over and over again in like romantic relationships so for so long that I like needed it. I needed a a break from I needed I'm just in like a pulling back like kind of moment of like getting stronger in myself before I like go back into that warrior field. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, too many like relationships were more about like what, yeah, pleasing and yeah. And being too scared to like advocate for my needs or to cut things off the minute someone was disrespectful, like a little bit too accommodating and too forgiving when the person would be doing disrespectful or hurtful things towards me. But yeah, it goes into every part of my life though. It goes to being a boss, being a leader, being a a friend, just like learning how to stand up for myself and like honor my needs. It's like my my big challenge, and to not worry okay. what not worry what people think if and I not, if and I not and not something that. that you can really feel you can really hide from and end up and be happy at the end of the day. Yeah, so I'm trying to face it, but also be kind with myself because it causes me a lot of anxiety to stand up for myself or to like draw a boundary. So it's not my. It's not my total comfort zone. So I also have to be like nice because the flip side of that, like that struggle is how empathic I am. And and that's a quality that I really like value. And I wouldn't want to lose that. So like the same quality that makes me a good interviewer or someone that can relate to so many people's struggles and put and, and feel their pain so deeply when I'm doing what's underneath interviews or interviews on anyone is the same person that like struggles with this and putting up boundaries feels very harsh and feels like. I don't want to hurt anyone else's feelings. So, cuz I, I am so in tune with how other people feel. So, I also have to recognize that it's okay to to that it's just part of it's going to be part of my struggle probably my whole life cuz it's it's the flip side of like one of my best qualities. Which is my sensitivity and my like yeah, empathy. Our blessings and our curses, right? Yeah. So, um what's your biggest source of shame? I don't really feel like I really like like have one right now, which is I mean, maybe that's a lie, but I've ha- but not a lie, but maybe I'm just not thinking of it. But um, like there have been times where it's been like money and like how much money I have or style like you has and and like kind of measures of success like that. But I feel like I've kind of let go of that. Um, and then at times it's been my body. And I feel like I've kind of let go of that. I don't know what the current one is. I mean, it depends on like maybe there it comes up in moments. Like maybe there'll be moments where I feel ashamed that I haven't had a boyfriend in a while or moments where I feel ashamed about money. It depends who I'm talking to kind of. Like if I'm talking to someone who like is living a certain, you know, like if I'm talking to someone who has expectations of me to be at a certain place in my life you know, someone who values marriage or who values money and they're talking to me about those things, maybe I'll have moments of shame. 
around like those types of where I'm at on those scales. But I don't think like I truly feel deep down like ashamed. Which is really cool because it makes me, you know, I always think that, um, or we always talk about at Style Like You about how um, it's a form of activism in and of itself to just be the person that you admire or to not go along with the status quo. And it's, it, you know, we show that through clothing, but it, what we're showing really is how that permeates through everything, like marriage, like money, like all of these things that are put upon us as, as uh, pillars of success or being a worthy person. So, um, you know, just moving through your life and it takes so much to move through life and be happy and be, and be content not doing those things. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, you're actually making changes to those standards because you yourself are someone who you feel worthy and you don't do those things. And you're, you know, you're changing the, just by doing that, you're actually changing the, you're changing what the norm and the status quo is. So I think that's really cool and really, really admirable and it makes me excited to see you breaking a lot of the chains um, that maybe I wasn't able to break, but that I was completely, but that I was able to help you to break. Mm -hmm. And I think I might start crying, but that's okay. Mm. Um, (laughs) But I think that's really cool. What's the next big challenge and change in your life? I don't know. I think that the next big challenge, oh, you mean like moving? Yeah, but I don't know. I think the biggest challenge in my life is going to be continuing to like advocate for myself in, in life in, in, in every way, like, and the need stuff. Like, um, I mean, I, and that, I think that includes moving. I think like I want, I move, I want to move (laughs) or to the West coast and away from not away from like I will, which would make me not be in the same location as my mom, you, <laughs> um, doing style like you together every day. And but that's brother. part of, I think that's part of, that's a, like an extension of like what I'm working on, which is like, what do I need? And like putting that, making sure that that's like at the forefront of my mind and not always putting other things before me. So I think that just in every way, like in every facet of my life, I think that's going to be continue to be a big challenge an exciting challenge for me is to, um, you know, figure to keep exercising that muscle and building that what muscle. Are, what are you the most afraid of? Um, my biggest fear would be to lose style like you, to not, to not be, um, able to like continue building this vision of the world that I have through the work that we're doing. Um, yeah, to lose that is my, 100% my biggest fear. What does self-acceptance mean to you? Self-acceptance means being comfortable with kind of your messy parts or the parts about you that almost like aren't together. You know, like being open and honest about the things that you're struggling with or that or that aren't perfect or aren't yeah, like being be, and accepting that it's not accept. I I don't think it's just like loving yourself in every single way, like in this kind of flowery 
bow on it way because I don't think that's like I mean that's a part of it is like that it might lead to that I think it can lead to that but I think I think like it's the more important part is to be willing to like release shame around things that you're struggling with and and accept the things you're struggling with I think that's and to recognize that it's like there's it's an everyday like practice of doing that does that make sense I don't know total sense okay yeah that it's like it's just it's it's ongoing and we're never there's no such thing as perfect and there's no there's no like five things or ten things that you're supposed to check off you don't like get to a place and then like life life's good life's done because I have self-acceptance like it's every day like there's a new thing you have to work through and accept about yourself and be honest about and like shed light on and be like yeah so just like remembering that once one thing sort of conquered the next thing comes right yeah and then sarah jane adams in one of our what's underneath interviews i've been thinking a lot about that lately said um you, life gives you just exactly just about what you can deal with mm-hmm. and you know and so it gives you the chance to sort of conquer your challenges but it will push you really hard Mm -hmm. to do it Mm -hmm. yeah but the freedom's on the other side um and if you could go back to your 12 year old self and tell them one small thing to inspire their own self-acceptance what would it be i guess i would tell my 12 year old self that you you are not the problem like the world is the problem. The society, the media is the problem. And you're you're good just as you are. That was kind of cheesy, but No. Was, yeah. That was really beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. That was amazing. That was fun. I wish we could keep going. That was awesome. We hope you were inspired by this episode. Until next week, that's it from me, Elisa. And me, Lily. If you agree that facades separate us and being radically honest brings us together, help spread the movement for radical self-acceptance by sharing this episode and subscribing to our podcast. You can also watch our videos by subscribing to our YouTube channel and following us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook using the handle at StyleAQ. That's the letter U instead of the word U. And check out our book, True Style is What's Underneath, The Self-Acceptance Revolution, on Amazon or at a local bookstore near you. We can't skip ahead to a happy ending or live inside a photoshopped image or an Instagram filter. There's no finding oneself when glossing over the truth. Life moves fast. It's good to take a step back and appreciate the little things in life. On Simply Complex, we dive into those professions, items, and processes we often drive past in a blur or take for granted in our daily rush. Subscribe to Simply Complex on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy listening most to take a deeper look into the deceptively simple things in our lives that are actually extremely complex. Hey, I'm Sapphire 
Want to hear something scary? If you love getting the chills, make sure to tune in to the Something Scary podcast. Come join me as I read the creepiest urban legends, folk tales, and ghost stories from my friends, family, and listeners like you. Like stories about skinwalkers, powerful sorcerers with the ability to change their appearance into another animal so that they can kill more easily. And hearing about them draws them right to you. Oops. Subscribe to the Something Scary Podcast in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.